The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on, or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the challenges with insider threats. And today we are so thrilled we're going to be speaking with Robert Choshinsky, who I had the great pleasure of presenting with him at the International Association of Privacy Professionals. He is wonderful and brilliant. And let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Bob Shoshinsky is an attorney and assistant director in the Federal Trade Commission's Division of Privacy and Identity Protection. His responsibilities include supervising the investigations, litigation, and policy work performed by the division's attorneys and investigators. And this relates to FCRA, Fair Credit Reporting Act, enforcement, privacy, data security, and identity protection. Mr. Shoshinsky joined the Federal Trade Commission in 2001, and we have a lot more about him on our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy, and you can learn more about him at the Federal Trade Commission, and we're just so glad to have you joining us all the way from Washington, D.C. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much for having me, Mari. It's really a pleasure to be here to talk to you and your listeners about these important issues. Just to to start with, I just have a disclaimer to make that uh, the views I'm going to give today are my own and shouldn't be attributed to the Federal Trade Commission or any individual commissioner. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about what organizations, um, you know, what do organizations that hold personal information need to do to protect it? I know the Federal Trade Commission looks for um, deceptive practices, and they really want to help protect privacy of consumers. So um, what should they need? What should they be doing? Sure. Well, the first thing that an organization needs to do is to identify the kinds of personal information that it holds, and then the volume of that information and the location of that information on its network. Obviously, some information is more sensitive than others. For instance, Social Security numbers or health information, financial data, and account numbers are going to be more sensitive than just, say, names or email addresses. And once an organization has identified the data, 
its sensitivity, its sensitivity and the locations of it, it must take reasonable measures to protect that data. And obviously, there's no one-size-fits-all recipe for data security. So among other things, an organization should assess the type of data that it's keeping, where it's stored, how it's accessed, and identify vulnerabilities and, uh, and potential threats and identify steps to remedy them. And that's not such an easy thing, is it? Because sometimes there people have, um, you know, lots of different places where it's stored. They may not even know where it's stored. If people have work remotely and they take things home on CDs and thumb drives, there might be, uh, and, and all sorts of uh, tablets, there, it might be all over the place, right? Absolutely. And, and that's why knowing the network and knowing where information is is important and also having controls about especially sensitive data about where it goes and, and who has it. Yes. Now, what about are there resources that organizations can consult to help them and address these data uh, security concerns? Absolutely. There are, there are numerous public resources available, and I'd like to put in a plug for the FTC's website um, at ftc.gov where we have a business education on data security and a, and a, a, a specific page for information about data security, and especially a, a new publication that we put out, Start With Security, A Guide for Business. And that's on that website, and that has a lot of resources and a lot of information to help businesses think about privacy and data protection and protecting that data. Yeah, the the FTC has fabulous, fabulous booklets and all sorts of uh, great resources that you can find. So that's ftc.gov slash tips um, dash advice slash business dash center slash privacy and security data security. So all you have to do is really get up there and search (laughs) in the search engine part of the ftc.gov and you can find these business guides and just you can even put a guide for business and, and get to that, right? Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the insider threat. I know that's what we're going to be talking about next April when, when we go again, when we're going to be presenting uh, to the um, International Association of Privacy Professionals. There is a real insider threat that people don't even realize, and whether you're a small business or a large business, right? So let's talk about what is the insider threat for an organization. Sure. So an insider threat is a threat or a vulnerability that comes from someone who's authorized to have access to the network. So this could be an employee, a contractor, or anyone else with access. And unlike outsider threats where a hacker is seeking to penetrate the network from the outside, with an insider threat, the vulnerability comes from the actions of the insider who has access to the network. And these insider threats can come from deliberate or malicious actions of the insider or from inadvertent or mistaken actions of the insider. Right. Let's talk about both of those. (laughs) First, let's talk about the malicious. This is the ones that somebody's angry, right? Yeah. So, So someone inside an organization might deliberately or maliciously expose or export sensitive personal information for a number of reasons. Of course, the most obvious reason is for monetary gain. So sensitive personal information is very valuable to identity thieves and others. And so an insider could seek to take information and sell it to others. And likewise, an insider might take an organization's sensitive personal information to try to monetize it for him or herself, such as starting their own competing business or making a marketing list or something like that. Now, some other motives that insiders might have 
to expose this data might be disgruntlement or anger with the organization or a manager or a coworker. And so the insider might take or expose data to get back at somebody or embarrass the organization or individuals in the organization. And then there are a number of other reasons that someone might deliberately expose information, such as just for fun, out of boredom, as a challenge, or for political reasons. So there's, there's a, a broad range of reasons that an insider might choose to expose information. All right, and it's kind of scary when we think that an insider may be at a place that that has really sensitive information that could be used by another country if, you know, the Chinese or some country that is, you know, competing with us or wants to hurt us. um, I think of, you know, North Korea or something. If they are going to go in and offer a lot of money to an insider, um, that's that's a pretty scary thing, isn't it? It, it? it really is, and that's why that's why data security and and being aware of these threats is so important, so that organizations can take steps to to, to try to minimize the chance that that's going to happen. Exactly. Now let's talk about the inadvertent insider threat, the maybe the oblivious or maybe even just careless insider. Right. Right. So. While the deliberate or malicious insider exposure grabs the headlines, the more common insider threat is one where an insider exposes sensitive data, not on purpose, but through some inadvertent act or failure. And I would group these inadvertent insider threats into two categories. First, the threats that are caused primarily by an insider's carelessness or failure to follow policies. And the second would be those threats caused by an out, someone on the outside targeting or exploiting an insider to get access to the network or its data. Yeah, so you're talking about what social engineering, somebody who's right. really a nice guy or a nice gal, and um, you know somebody makes friends with them or they uh, pretend to be you know someone an IT person who's going to come in and fix the computer, or or maybe they just um, are are pretending to be uh, a temporary employee and and they get access. Somebody who's just um, trusting, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Those are the kinds of the, the kinds of outsiders targeting an insider that we see. Yeah. So you know. So what do you do um, <laughs> if if you are um, you know trying to make sure that this doesn't happen to you as a, as a employer? Well, I mean, there's a couple things to do. One of the most important things is to have uh, employee training. So. Um, if employees know that these threats are out there, that there are people who will target this kind of information and will attempt through trickery or, or other methods to get it and, and, and know how they do it, then they can take steps to, to be aware of it and make sure that they don't fall victim to those kinds of traps. Right. So I guess one of the things that would be helpful is to have like, um, you know, like a, a white hat experiment <laughs> in your own office, especially if you have a big company, that maybe you could do that where you have somebody come in and try and do this kind of either social engineering or get something to um, to get people to to do things that, that uh, possibly could expose and then help them to see that they shouldn't be doing that, right? Absolutely. Uh, evaluating the effectiveness of the organization's data security is important. It's it's not enough just to have a data security plan and then sort of set it and forget it. You want to make sure you're constantly testing to make sure that those protections are working and that your employees are aware 
that these these threats exist and are taking steps to avoid them. Right. So what kinds of policies? I know policies are very important, and I know that you're, you're um, you know, the FTC is is um, wanting companies to to be uh, transparent and have policies that protect themselves and protect co- consumers. So what kinds of policies should companies have with regard to the insider threat? So, so a couple things. I mean, the, the first thing that, that, a, that a company should do is, is make sure that they have a commitment to data security. You know, we're learning more and more over recent years sort of how, how valuable this data is and how devastating it can be both to the individuals whose data it is and to the company that holds it if it's exposed. And, and we've seen that again and again um, in, these, in these hacks and exposures. And so it's important that an organization have a top-down uh, commitment to data security. And that means from the very highest levels of the organization that the resources, the personnel are devoted to, uh, to, to securing this data and that, um, that uh, you know, everyone in the organization understands that it's a priority, that it's not something that's an afterthought that, that comes after everything else is done. It's part and baked into the whole, the whole structure of the organization. And so I, I, that generally that's the most important thing. And then there are individual aspects of, of data security that are, that are important to discuss, which, which I can discuss one at a time. Okay. So, so we talked about employee training a little bit uh, earlier. And employee training is one of the most important things because if uh, an employee is unaware of the data security policies, then you're simply not going to have data security. So employees need to be aware of it. And it needs to be more than just an hour-a-year training right. because if it's, if it's just an hour-a-year training, then, then someone's going to forget it and not, not really comprehend why it's important. And so it has to be part of sort of the day-to-day operations of the organization. So the first thing is employee training. Um, and next is um, sort of, as I discussed earlier, knowing the network and knowing where data is stored and how it flows. And, and by knowing that, an organization can look and see, is there something strange going on here? Are a lot, large amounts of sensitive data flowing from one place to another where I wouldn't expect to see them? And so if you, if you know the network and can monitor the network, you, you, you sort of have an idea if, these, if someone is sneaking in and taking data, you, you sort of can identify that and take steps to prevent it. Um, Another important uh, policy for for an organization to have is to only keep data that it needs. So, you know, once you no longer need sensitive personal information, it's a a good policy not to keep it anymore because the only thing that can happen at that point is it's it's exposed to, to, uh, to potential outsider threats or insider threats. And so by getting rid of and properly disposing of information once you no longer need it, it's no longer available for those kinds of threats. Um, and and, and on, on, on a similar note, um, access to this, pers- to this sensitive data should be limited to only those employees who need to have access to that data. So you don't want to have this data in sort of an open network where everyone in the organization can, can look at it and access it. 
if they don't if they don't need to use it for their for their job description, and so that way you limit the number of people who can either through carelessness or deliberate maliciousness access the data and do something with it. If you limit it to only those who who uh, who who have responsibility for that data, um, and another important thing is is making sure that the network is segmented. So if you have a network. What you don't want is if someone breaches the first wall to get into a network, that they're then able to walk through the whole network, look at everything, and identify what they want to take out. If you if if your network is segmented so that it's in 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 segments that only deal with certain aspects of the business, then if someone gains a- access to one of those segments, they won't be able to go in and, and get everything in the whole organization. So these are a couple of important policies that that all organizations should think about in terms of securing their data. Right. And, you know, the larger companies have access to IT people, and they have a privacy officer, and they have a CISO, they, you know, a security officer, and they have all that. But smaller companies don't always have that, and they may not have the money to really outsource all of these different um, really important areas, which is, uh, you know, as I understand it, the, the most amount of companies in this country are really the small and middle-sized companies. So that's why I really honor what the Federal Trade Commission is doing, because you have all, all these helpful booklets um, right at the website that I think people don't even know about, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what we want to emphasize is that however big or small you are, if if you if you hold this kind of data... It, you know, particularly the really sensitive data like social security numbers, like health data, like uh, financial account information, then it's, it's, it's really important to have a plan in effect to protect that data because, as, as we've seen before, it can be so devastating if that data gets out to, to the individuals whose data it's about, but also to the organization. If, if your company exposes that kind of data, you know, we've seen the sort of financial uh, difficulties that can come from from that kind of exposure. Right. You have to disclose the the breach and you know, you might get fined by the Federal Trade Commission if you are not following your policies. I think that's what's really important is sometimes I've seen smaller companies or even middle-sized companies will just copy somebody's policy and they don't really implement the policy or they don't train for that policy. And so just having a policy on your website um, or having a policy for a handbook that isn't trained really doesn't get it, does it? No, it doesn't. And, 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 and that's, the, that's one of the most important things, to have not just to have a policy, but to implement it and, and emphasize it. And that's, that's what, I, what I mean by, by sort of a top-down commitment to, to security. It's not enough just to say, well, I took care of that, that part by having a policy. The policy has to be living and breathing, and it has to be you know, sort of uh, uh, known and acknowledged by everybody in the organization because it's so important. And then once it's in place, it has to be updated and tested, and, 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 and an organization needs to make sure that it's working because it's not enough just to, to put it in place and say, okay, I've, I checked that box, and now I've taken care of that, that part of my business. It's a day-to-day, updated, constantly evolving, constantly changing process. Right. And, you know, when you were talking about the top-down is so important, you know, 
I think more recently, because we've had all these security breaches and because there has been such an impact financially and such an embarrassment for Target and Nordstrom's and all these companies, that they are starting to have the the, the, the CEO worry about it. Before, it was just the IT department, and they were not a profit center, so there wasn't really as much emphasis. But I think what's happening, like what you're talking about, is when the CEO finds out, um, you know, that that this could be an embarrassing, very expensive um, calamity that they are starting to take notice. So, I mean, I think that's at least something that's helpful. It's unfortunate that you have to use the stick, but it, it works. Right. For, for, for a long time it was, as, as you say, well, that's an IT issue. They can take care of it, and, and we in the and, and the executive part of the organization don't need to worry about it because they're the IT people. They'll take they'll take care of it. Well, and and then what you would find is there weren't the resources and personnel being dedicated to it because the executives didn't really consider it to be that important. And so now what people are recognizing is this is a key component to everything about our business. You know, we're we're in an information age. Everything is information now, and so the protection of that information goes through every aspect of a business or or an, or an organization. So it's really important uh, for everyone in the organization to, to, to be aware of that and to take steps to implement it. That is so true. I'm thinking about how it used to be, you know, the marketing department would often be the one to be the worst with regard to privacy. <laughs> and yep. and so, you know, they and they got the money because they were bringing in the money. So, um, you know, show me the money. That was what it was all about. But now we're also starting to see. And I think if you're a company listening to this, you need to have the marketing department be very adept at privacy issues because if you're going to be marketing when people want to opt out or they don't want to get the kind of information you're getting, that is a privacy issue as well. So I know that the FTC has really taken some interest in privacy by design, which is kind of, um, you know, implementing into the architecture of whatever company you have a privacy issue. So what um, what's happening with that with the FTC? Yeah, so so we've been emphasizing ever since our uh, our privacy report of a couple years ago that that privacy by design is really really is really what an organization or a company needs to do. It can't be that you you build your 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 business plan and your business organization and then once that's all done you start thinking about privacy as an afterthought. You have to start thinking at the beginning what effect on consumers' information, on on employees' information, on on privacy of of both you know uh, customers and employees does this particular business aspect or plan have? And you have to think about that and actually implement policies from the beginning uh, to 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 consider that that concern and to address it. Yeah. You know, before we were talking about, and, and you were talking about how important it is um, to segment the network and, and know what you have, and, you know, that's a lot of focus on um, on IT stuff. What about offline stuff? I mean, what about the the someone who comes in and, you know, the social engineering, somebody who comes into the organization 
And I'm thinking of Kevin Mitnick, you know, the <laughs> the FBI hacker who has been on my show. He wrote The Art of Deception and The Art of Intrusion. And he was masterful at being a social engineer and being able to get stuff out of people like face to face and on the phone. And I think people just think that if their their um, IT people are working on it, then then they don't have to think about it. What do you think about that? Yeah, then that's a really good point. So you can have the best IT protections and the best policies, but if the people uh, aren't trained and the employees aren't aware uh, and don't follow the procedures, then they're no good. They, they, they don't really have any effect. I mean, in spite of the fact that we're in an information and computer age, everything still depends on human beings. And so, as you say, social engineering um, uh, can be, can be uh, a really important aspect of this. If someone pretends to be somebody from the IT department and calls up an employee and says, I need to, I need to update your credentials, they can get their credentials and then they can go into the network as if they were that employee. So all the protections in the world aren't going to stop that if the employee isn't aware of these kinds of you know, uh, uh, methods that, uh, that hackers are going to try to use to, to get, to get into, into the network. And, and you, you made a good point. There's stuff beyond what's stored in a computer. So you know, we're less and less in a paper society, but there's still a lot of information on paper. And what has been done in the past and will continue to happen is that you know, hackers will do dumpster diving, where they will you know, go, into, go into the trash and try to see if they can find sensitive data or credentials or passwords so that they can get into, get into the network. And you know, another thing that I, that you know has, that I'm sure all of us have seen before is someone's computer monitor with a little post-it note on the corner that has right. their password on it. So I mean, that's another example of it's it's not a computer protection. If someone can look over your shoulder and see that, um, then they have the keys to the kingdom at that point. Right. Even privacy screens. I have a privacy screen, especially when I travel. I have a privacy screen on my computer and on my you know, on my uh, laptop and and even on my, I have a big cell phone. I have an I, iPhone 6 Plus. So <laughs> I even have it on there because, you know, you worry about that. What is pe- What are people going to be looking at? And uh, if they walk by and you go to the bathroom, let's say you're at work and you go to the bathroom and you don't have like a, a screensaver that comes up or you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have a privacy screen or whatever. It doesn't go off then, you know, you forget that someone can look at your sensitive document that you're working on. Absolutely. And um, so I think that's what is kind of unfortunate. People think we're so much in the information age that um, hackers are starting to see that, hey, it might be harder to get into the network because we've got all these, you know, wonderful uh, technology that's keeping people out. So now they might even think, well, I'll just get into the organization and I'll get some you know, some careless human to uh, right. to give me whatever, you know, I need. Yeah, the hackers are always looking for the easiest route to get in. And so if technological advances block certain routes of getting into a network, they will seek the, uh, the other routes. And so as you, as you say, that could be tricking people, looking at someone's computer, other sort of more low-tech methods to get in. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to think about in this space. I know now that we've overwhelmed all the businesses driving by here. <laughs> Let me. We have about two minutes left. I just want to know what what is coming. Um, what's under the you know 
that 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 we should be worried about that the Federal Trade Commission is going to be looking at, um, and let's say in in the next few months or next year with regard to privacy and identity protection. Well, you know, so an interesting um, an interesting issue and and set of challenges coming up or not coming up but already here are you know the Internet of Things. You know, the fact that there's a lot of data flowing around from connected devices, uh, connected appliances, connected cars that tell a lot of information about someone. You know, if if someone can track exactly where you go in your car by the, the information that your car is sending back to, to you know, to, to whatever uh, central database there is, then, you know, we need to be worried about what's happening to that data how it's being protected and making sure that we're thinking through these these things that, you know, while there's great benefit and great convenience to having these connected devices, we also have to worry about how that information is being used and whether it's being protected. Yeah, I think about all the wearables, whether it's a Fitbit or Google Glass or whatever it is that we're wearing, that information is going somewhere. And like you said, it's it's got there's some wonderful things. For example, if you know you have diabetes and you're being monitored, that could be great. But then if somebody wants to get back at you, could they somehow hack into that and give you too much insulin or something? I mean, it could be a horror show. I mean, I hate to scare people, but you know, you're right. There's so much with the Internet of Things. So lots going on. But we will have to have you back again, Bob. That would be great. Okay. Thank you so much. Just give the website for the FTC and it's time to go. Sure. So it's ftc.gov and we have a whole business page that, 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 has, uh, that has information about data security and other, other important issues. Well, you are terrific. And I so look forward to working with you again. And we will have you back on again. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much, Mari. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.